I'm Jay Moran. I'm Bridget Jaipal Valenza. I'm Thomas O'Neill White. I'm Angelie Preston. And I'm Lorenzo Rodriguez. This is What's Next. A dedicated hour to have important conversations about the issues facing the marginalized and underrepresented communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We're going to have some real healing. We've got to have space to tell some uncomfortable truth. What's Next continues our mission to discuss race, equity, and the common concerns of Buffalo's East Side and beyond. In the suburban area everywhere, we must work and teach our children. Welcome to What's Next. Thank you. I'm your host, Lorenzo Rodriguez, and I am joined today by, this is very exciting for me because um, I think I've already mentioned it a number of times on the show. I sprinkle it in. I'm, I'm a mere Cuban boy from, from Miami, Florida. My parents uh, came here in the 80s. They had me here. I was the, their American dream, and, 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 and now I find myself in Buffalo, in western New York, and I look around sometimes. I'm like, where, where, where are my Hispanos at? Where are my Latinos at? And we're here. We're out here. Where are my Cubans at? And I'm looking at one right now. Lázaro Martinez, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. For those that aren't aware of Miss Martinez and the work she's done, uh, she is a, first off, classically trained violinist. Yes. You are a musician by, by trade, by heart. We were just talking, maybe this makes the, the interview, maybe it doesn't, uh, about what music means to us in our, in our just daily lives. And you are a true and true musician. You started and picked up the violin at age eight. Uh, and yes. then also here in, in Western New York, you started uh, your own jazz and art space at Pausa. We are in Pausa, the Pausa Art House. Uh, as I look at the beautiful mosaic tile uh, logo that hangs over the stage, uh, you started this, this place from, from blood, sweat, and tears. You, 2013, correct? 2013 started as a partnership. And then the partnership dissolved in 20, 2016, and I've been running it. Keep it, keep it going. Own. Yes. You gotta keep, you gotta keep <laughs> the music alive. You gotta keep the space alive. And you've been celebrated and, and, and honored. The way I found out about you was uh, the Northwest Jazz Festival recently honored you with uh, an award for for being a jazz ambassador. You 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 have you maintained Pausa now for all this time and with the key goal of having a space, an intimate space for jazz, for not only jazz, but art and, and other, other forms, other musical genres as well. Yes. Uh, let's get into, first off, you are, you are born in, in Havana, Cuba. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go full Havana. Havana. Not, I not know. Havana. Where I know, it's you? like some people ask you, like, where are you from? And I say Cuba because I'm speaking English, and they say, "Oh, Cuba." <laughs> well, this so, is yes, it is Hispanic Heritage Month. We're gonna go full <laughs> Latino on on everyone listening. Uh, so you were born in, in Havana, Cuba, uh, and then you ended up here in, in Western New York. Give us a little bit of that journey because I, I want to get into. Uh, I, I always want to hear everyone's story and how they're 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 here. So right. So um, I left Cuba in 1997. I went to live in Mexico with the father of my children. And then we came to the States in 1998. He had a job at the University of Boston, Boston University. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, he was working here at Buffalo at UB. 
So we came to, to Buffalo in 1999. And ever since, you know, we stayed here for four years, went to New York City when my first child was born, trying to, you know, get a little busier, but it was too busy. <laughs> so, yeah, and we came back. And that was 2006, right after the October storm. That was a big mm. snowstorm that just devastated the area. And um, it had been ever since. So. And Buffalo has, has trapped you, has kept you here. Yes. And, and now you yes. are, you, you're a, a Cuban in, 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 in Western New York. Yes. Um, I, I don't know why. Why would you do that? That's what, <laughs> right? I, that's what I get all the time, too. Like, um, oh, you're from Miami. What are you doing out here? Um, but, it, but you found the charm. You found, you found your place here in, in Buffalo. I wanted to go. I was hoping you'd start off. Take me back to the beginning. Take me back to, 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 to Cuba. Take me back. You, how did you find music? Well, um, I come from a family of musicians. My grandfather was a founder of the Havana, Havana Philharmonic. Uh, that was in the early 50s, I think. And then my mom, my mom and my aunt are also musicians. What did they play? Just my the... mom used to play the violin okay. at the Opera and Ballet Orchestra in Havana. And my aunt, too, she would play the cello. And then my other relatives from my grandmother's side play instruments to clarinet. And um, so it's... Um, no percussion. No percussion. No per that's no a, that's percussion. a surprise given. No percussion. But uh, as I was growing up, my grandfather would always take me to the symphony concerts on Sundays. And then I'll go to the opera and ballet concerts on Saturdays with my mom. So I think I had no, no choice. <laughs> you started learning violin at age eight. Age eight, yeah. And you... Uh, you got an honor degree at, at the, the illustrious Amadeo Roldan Music mm -hmm. Conservatory mm -hmm. in, in Cuba. In Cuba. And then you played with the National Symphonic Orchestra of Cuba. That was, you did a stint also in, in Dominican Republic, right? I did. Uh, as I was about to graduate from Amadeo, I was um, chosen to be part of the Santo Domingo Orchestra. So I was there for four years. I left right after Amadeo was... 19. I was just turning 19, so I went to the Dominican Republic, lived there for four years, and when things I felt had, you know, reached a point where I really didn't have much more to do, I went back to Cuba in the middle of the Período Especial, mm. right? So that was quite... For, for, the, <laughs> for the uninformed, and I want to, I want to, I'm glad we're, we're, we're... I mean, I, I never, I've, I've unfortunately never visited the island. Um, I only hear the stories and I know uh, the things I, 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 I hear from family and, and, and those that come from the island. But you lived there, you were born there. Uh, for those that aren't aware of, of Perido Especial, mm -hmm. can, you, can you give us a little gist of, of, of how it was living under, in Cuba, under Castro rule right. and, and, and all that that, that right. pertained to? Well, um, as I was growing up, you know, as, as like any child, we don't really have any kind of like grasp or idea about politics. You know, that's not something they really understand. So uh, for me, because I was like they would call the chosen, one of the chosen ones when you get to go to a 
special school. You, you had know. a talent. You I had, had a talent. I was recognized for it. So I had a special situation. I was going to a music conservatory of the highest caliber you can attend. You know, I was getting special education. Um, all my classmates had the same interests as, as me. So it was, it was, to me, it was a great experience, you know, doing that and growing up in that environment, which I really appreciate because till today, I still have many friends that mm -hmm. I met 40 years ago and we still talk and I recently just visited some of them and we got together after 30 years because we all, you know, go apart once we leave school, a lot of us just disappear kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes and they'll to do their own thing. So Periodo Especial came with the fall of the Soviet Union and it was this complete crash of the subsidies that Cuba was getting. So the economy just went like completely, it tanked, right? And it was almost like a, this uh, state of mind that it was gonna be a very special period of, of a lot of struggles and, and you know. It's an interesting way of putting right? such a uh, Right, such a, so this is gonna be a very special period in our <laughs> lives that we're gonna have to get through. And that happened right after you know, the Soviet Union fell, and that was in the 1990s, 1991. So that was the time that I left. So I really didn't get to experience that. And in a way, for me, it was almost like a blessing because by being outside of the country, I could help my family back mm -hmm. in Cuba. So when I decided to go back to Cuba in the middle of the periodo especial, my mom wanted to kill me. <laughs> Why'd you come back? My mom is like, what are you doing? <laughs> Everybody's leaving. I mean, that was around the Balceros. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a total crisis. Everyone remembers good old Elian. That right? Was, uh, that was a little bit after that. That, that was a little was, after that. That was the waves of, of, of immigrants the, that yes. you would see coming from, in, 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 as we call them, balsas, yes. uh, rafts. The, the F-150s, that, that, that to me always sticks out. We, we had a, a group of, 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 of Cuban refugees that came in. And they, mm -hmm. they, we have, I, I, one thing I got to uh, applaud our, our, ourselves is we were great engineers, mm -hmm. great musicians, great doctors. Very creative. Very creative. You do a lot <laughs> when you have very little in Cuba. Yes. And they made a F-150 float and they came over in that. And uh, it, you saw a lot of that in, in that time. And, and so you come back to Cuba around this time. I came back like, to Cuba around that time because I, I felt that artistically mm -hmm. I had so much more to do, you know, so. I went back to Cuba and I played with the Havana Symphony for a little bit. I toured with them uh, just, um, I don't know, it was like a couple of months. And then I started playing with the all-female chamber orchestra, Camerata Comeu. And I did that for another three years. So after that, I met, you know, the father of my children. And you get to travel the world around I did time. get to travel the world. We went to a lot of festivals, Mexico, Colombia. We went to Canada, Sweden, uh, Ecuador. I mean, we, we this did. This was after you left the second time from Cuba or still? This is, this is when I was living in Cuba okay. from 1994 did you, through did 1997. You, did you see any, were there any restrictions placed or did you find any, was any pressure placed on, placed on you to not not take off for good or not, not defect or? No, it was not because again, we had a special situation, you know, we were musicians because we traveled so much, we had a passport that we allowed us to go in and out of the country without having to ask for permission each mm -hmm. time. And you know, we always had to get visas to travel, but we, we pretty much had freedom 
to move around, which it was not the norm. So that's why I say I was part of kind of like the chosen, you know, child that once you go into these special careers, you kind of have like a privilege, you know. If you had a, um, some talent or something to sh to to favorably uh, showcase Cuban culture mm -hmm. internationally, there was a, mm -hmm. you had you had. I mean, that's why baseball and, and and other and yeah. medicine allowed mm -hmm. for those those mm -hmm. opportunities. But then. If you if you followed any any uh, baseball players from, coming from Cuba Cuba in the last twenty some years, you knew about the defections, mm -hmm. and you knew that once that you you had that opportunity, then it was mm -hmm. all right. I got I have a, I can find a better life elsewhere. Yes. Um, not to say that there's not a good life there. There, like I, I have a good portion of my family that still remain back there. Yeah. Uh, but it, it it's. Uh, we got into the into the nitty gritty of, of this conversation really quick. I wanted to. I, I, I still want to talk about the music, but I think it's it, we'd be remiss to not talk about such a huge portion of, of all our lives, both of our lives. Because yes. while I didn't live there, I mm -hmm. I'm here mm -hmm. uh, because my parents had had took off during the the eighties and in yeah. Marien. Mm -hmm. That was another one of the periodo, not periodo especial, but that was that was special too. That was yeah. that was a that was a whole. Uh, for those that aren't too familiar, I, I'm going to be indulge, self-indulgent here, but um, in the 1980s, and you can mm -hmm. please corroborate, uh, check me on these, but Castro basically opened up his everything, mm -hmm. opened up his borders, opened up mm -hmm. his good and bad prisons mm -hmm. and, 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 and wards and just let everyone go. Mm -hmm. uh, my, and, and good people, everyone just good took and off. Good bad, everybody. Everyone just took off. Yeah, because, I remember. I remember. Because uh, Castro came in, Castro comes in 1959, and then... Uh, there's periods of, 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 of there's elation because he's he's freed the the country from Batista mm -hmm. and and that was another troubled time mm -hmm. for that we we won't get into today that's deep deep cut right. <laughs> uh, and and then eventually things grew sour the, the resources weren't there mm -hmm. uh, and then he just basically said everyone go if you want to go mm -hmm. go uh, so I'm here because of that and you're here because of a period especial mm -hmm. we're here for for a reason, and I think it's important that that we address that because right. people know that it's that it's been a challenging history for Cuba in the last mm -hmm. uh, century, but uh, we they don't know sometimes the details of it. Right. So and and the and the story, personal story is behind right. it. Right. Right. So well, you you took off in '98. I left in 1997 because, like I said, I met the father of my children. But before that, also Cuban or no, from here from the states, from Massachusetts. So he was down in Cuba and... and no, we, we met at a festival in Costa Rica in 1996. But it was funny because my father was a political prisoner. So he was literally forced to leave the country. And he was told that you either leave with whoever you want in your family or you're going to spend the rest of your life in jail. So he did live with my mom, my brother, my sister, my nephew. So half my family left, but I didn't leave. Mm. I didn't leave because I have my little sister there. And uh, I, was, I was fine. I was working. I was traveling. Uh, I didn't have as bad a situation as everybody. So I, I told him, no, you go. I'm, I'm going to stay, really. And uh, everybody thought I was crazy. <laughs> And that same year, after they left, I met the father of my children. So we decided he he came to Cuba for a year, and then we decided to to live together in Mexico. 
and we did a year in Mexico, things got very bad with drug cartels and all that. Mm -hmm. And we decided it wasn't safe there anymore, so we came to the States. But I was gonna tell you that I remember in the 1980s, uh, right before I started music school, uh, I remember how they would take us out of class and take us to the houses of people that were known to be leaving the country. Uh, we used to call them gusanos. Mm -hmm. And we'll be the, we'll, they would take us there and throw eggs mm -hmm. at their houses. I remember that so clearly. And it wasn't just once, it was a few times that it was almost like a like the excursion of the day. We're gonna go and yell at some gusanos that is Korea that you're gonna yes, leave the yes, country. I've heard, I've... I mean, I lived that, you know, wow. and I couldn't understand I had no idea. You're, you're, you're still too no young. Your, your worldview wasn't reformed to uh, understand like why yeah, why do we hate these people? Why do we hate these people? And it was because they have different political views, because it's all about politics. You know, and it has been a very dark, dark history with politics. I mean, it, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and the biggest, uh, um, you know, hurt of all is the families that have separated, mm -hmm. like, you know, generations. Did your sister make it statewide? Yes, or? my sister finally, when That's I was good. here, I was able to get her over to Dominican Republic since I had friends and then everyone had to go yeah. multiple routes yes. you couldn't just take off statewide yes a lot of folks came in through Canada yeah some through my my, my parents my grandparents went through uh, uh, Puerto Rico then Spain and then mm -hmm. they came to, to the mm -hmm. US but people found their ways out eventually yeah. if they could someone mm -hmm. I mean, We'll, we'll come back to this because this is this is a lot, and we threw a lot at our audience yes. really quickly. But yes. I wanna, I wanna, I mean, we, we want to talk about music. We want to talk about jazz. You are an accomplished violinist. You've you've performed with countless orchestras. With like you mentioned already, the, the Dominican Republic, the Santo Domingo National Symphony, the uh, the National Symphonic Orchestra, the, the, the Cuba in Havana. Um, you you were a violinist and soloist with the Camerata de, de las Américas. Is that correct? In Mexico. In Mexico. I did play with the Camerata. And then you came here eventually and, and you got a, a, you were summa cum laude at, mm -hmm. at SUNY at Buffalo. You studied media production and then you said, all right, I have this, this passion. I, I, I'm an accomplished musician. I'm going to open up a club. <laughs> well, the idea was um, uh, we, we felt the need of a listening space, you know, I mean, yeah, jazz clubs, you know, they're, they're all uh, about the music. And I'm sorry to boil it down, it's just a club, it's, more, it's an intimate space. Right, it's an intimate space, but um, we, we felt that we wanted to do the art and the music together, so I was more in charge of the art part of the, the business, you know, the exhibits, and then my, the father of my children was in charge of, uh, you know, hiring the groups and all that. And that's how Pausa started, and, and uh, we didn't know that it was something that was going to have such a great, you know, acceptance, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, none of us were business people. We just started it with, we went with the heart, like, this is what we're going to do, and uh, there were a lot of uh, trials and errors, but... <laughs> like every, every we, entrepreneurship, right? yeah. we got to find out what works. We finally figured it out a little bit, and uh, it has been... A ten-year, you know, trajectory. You know, a, a lot of learning on the spot. 
how would you describe the jazz scene here in Buffalo? It, we had, we, we, you, like I said, I, I found out, I heard about you from the Northwest Jazz Festival. There are jazz festivals. How would you, how would you quantify? Are you, I'm, I'm hoping you're not the only name in town. There's more venues, but yes. How would you? But the, the, the characteristics of the Buffalo jazz scene. I would say it's very strong, and um, I think a lot of people don't realize how strong it is, especially if you don't travel a lot and go to other places and look for the music scene in other places because I'm talking about compared to the size of this city, we have so much talent, you know. We have a lot of younger musicians that have come to school here or musicians that have moved to Buffalo. Of course, we have like the old vanguard that have been here and teach here and grew up here, or like they travel and came back to Buffalo again. It's a rich area of jazz. It's a rich of area. Jazz. There's the, a rich the colored area of musicians jazz. club yes. and, and jazz yes. museum that's yes. that, been there for since early early 1900s. It's yes. been it's been a staple here mm-hmm. uh, with some big acts, some big, big acts. names: Ella Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. uh, Miles Davis. All these all these names have come through here. Yes. So it, it, I I wanted to ask your your Thought because you've you've been here for since since the late '90s and and hopefully and I, I still do believe the jazz scene is still very much rich and thriving here. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, and uh, uh, that's one of the the special things here at Pausa that at the very beginning, many of the younger musicians that are now I will say established mm-hmm. were just beginning. They were probably like just leaving school. Earning their chops. Earning the, yes, and they will have their first performance here. And after that, they will, I don't know, I guess they will get inspired and uh, get a, some sense of more like, um, how would you say, um, reassurance mm-hmm. that they can do it. And we progressively see how they have grown and they, are, they have now like totally accomplished examples that are now playing all over town some are traveling many are playing in the music festivals around town so it's recording it's very, it's very, yeah it's very rewarding it's, it has been a very rewarding experience to see that you know that growth of the younger radio generation and now there are many more coming you're a mother of two <laughs> two boys yes so I've, i but i assume there's a motherly feeling there that you're helping to incubate and 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 and, and hopefully let them grow and, 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 and take off and perform in larger venues and get a following. And, and yes. that's, that's, that's got to be very rewarding. Yes. Because you know how it is. You've yeah. been at this. Since... And you see the talent, you know, and some of them, I, I've, I've told them they have performed here maybe like seven, eight years ago. And I will tell them, like, you are doing great. Keep it up. You know, do not give up. It's not going to be easy, but you have a great talent and you need to be. You know, very proud of that, and just keep working on it. I do feel sometimes like I'm giving a motherly speech, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a reality, and they need that. Yeah. You know, it's very scary to stand in on stage and. Well, and the nature of jazz, which is very improvisational, mm-hmm. very very off the cuff. It's very much uh, you, one of the rules here at Pausa is no talking. Mm-hmm. You're here for the, the the music. You're here to experience it. No chatter. Uh, you can have your drinks and all that, but but the music is center center stage. Yes. Um, but the, yeah, that's that's got to be overwhelming for you're bearing a piece of your soul out on on a stage whenever you get up on there. 
And when the, when the spotlight's on you, you better, you better perform. And that, that jazz lets you kind of have that, that freestyle flexibility, but it's still very much like you, you want to you win that crowd over. So I'm going to have musicians that they probably didn't know how much of the spotlight was going to be on them. So they will get here thinking it was just another, you know, filling up the space and the music. And then they see everybody quiet looking at them. Mm. And they're like, oh, my God, <laughs> I didn't know they were going to be listening to me. <laughs> so I, I could tell they were like scared. That's but the then, mom and you too. No, no talking. No the talking. music is the, the yes. yes, as it yes. should be, you know. And it's very respect. I, I do it mainly. I mean, my the, the main reason is out of respect for the musicians, mm -hmm. you know. A reminder, it's, it's, turn off your phones, please, in today's not, world. It's, it's, not an easy, it's not an easy thing to be a musician because it, of, I feel that of all the art forms, that talent is gotta be like really in you, especially nowadays that the arts are not really that, you know, um, how we appreciate it. Appreciate or at the forefront. At the forefront. The funding so when is you, when you decide places. to do art, any form of art is like, that's your soul. Mm -hmm. You know, so we have a group of musicians here that are really pouring their souls out and we, we, we want people to, to listen, right. you know, and they sometimes, I love it when they say, we're gonna play this piece that we never play anywhere else because you're listening, because we know it's gonna, you know, get to you. It's not something that is gonna get lost in translation. You're not gonna find it on Spotify. Exactly. <laughs> no, not on Spotify. It's just, it, live, live performances are different. Nothing like it. No, the energy. Yeah. It's all about the energy. Yeah. yeah. It's all, when the energy is right, it's an exchange that happens that that's why live music is so special. You know, I say people, if you want to listen to music and chat, just, you know, put Spotify and stay home with a yeah. bottle of wine or something. But if you want that exchange that happens when you listen to live music, that's, that's why we do it. I am speaking to Lázaro Martínez. I want to introduce you at first. I was... Lazaro Martinez. No, no, no. Lazaro Martinez. Uh, she is a classically trained violinist, Cuban-American, owner and, and manager of Pausa Art House uh, here on, in Allentown. In Allentown. Uh, celebrated jazz ambassador. But um, you, you don't only, only do jazz. You, offer, you, you do other genres here. You've also performed here numerous times. Uh, yes. How is it putting together, curating? Now you are the sole curator of, 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 of acts, musical acts, and art, artistic uh, mm -hmm. acts. How is that, how is that for you? What, what are you looking for? What is it, where, 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 where's the budding talent here in, in Western New York? I, right now, um, I get found by musicians. It's a lot of word of mouth, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it shifted to a lot of jazz as the scene, as the jazz scene was growing uh, more in, in Buffalo. I mean, uh, it's always been strong, mm -hmm. but I think with this younger generation staying in Buffalo after they come to school, coming back to Buffalo because it is a very, uh, it's easier, I would say, to live here and to do that, you know, live off music because a lot of them, believe it or not, that's all they do. Some musicians, that's all they do is their music. Mm -hmm. 
So um, it shifted to jazz a lot because of that, but then we have other acts like world music. We have been getting a lot of uh, Brazilian music. Mm. I've been getting uh, Cuban musicians too that come uh, from Toronto. Uh, I have brought uh, musician friends that I went to school with in Cuba. They live in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, or like uh, New York City, and they make it here. You know, we make it work. There's still a traveling circuit. Yes. Good. Yes, yes. And then we have a lot of musicians that know musicians, and once they find out that they play a pausa, then they get in touch, and so we get a lot of traveling musicians that just are passing through, and they want to perform. So when it works, we make it. We make it work. But it's it's um. My criteria is that it has to be professional and uh, uh, special. There's got to be something special in the performance, and it has to be good. I mean, good music. It doesn't have to be specific type of music because we have swing, we have Americana, mm. we have tango music, we have, I mean, almost all genres happen, not with the same frequency, but, you know, we have of all that. So it's... Um, yeah, it's for all tastes. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as, as your music, you've, like, like we mentioned before, played with the Camerata de las Américas, you played with... Um, Camerata Romeo in Havana. And you've released your, your own music. You recently, in 2017, did a, uh, a, a, a ventured into looping, the track looping. That was, uh, that was 2020. It was okay. right before the pandemic, I had heard uh, an artist here that was doing looping with boys. Was that Curtis Lavelle? Curtis Lavelle, yeah. And uh, it was very different from all the looping I've heard before because she she was very authentic. And I really liked all the, the, the accompaniments that she created with her own voice. And I was like, if she can do all that, just with her voice, no instruments, I said to myself, what can I do if I can start looping with instruments and my violin and my voice? So I started with a little, the little machine. It was like getting a, a new toy for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and I plugged that thing and I started playing and uh, then I started adding other, other pedals and instruments and uh, it just became this uh, endless realm of possibilities that I could do. And I'm, I feel like I'm just beginning. And I've been like two years. And every time I play, I find something new that I can do. And you put out Havana Loops. Havana Loops. I, may, I called it Havana Loops. And I did some recordings during COVID. That was my, my free time, those three months that we were closed. I used to just come here and just play until I couldn't take it anymore. Other people baked and, and, <laughs> and did funny videos, or, yeah. or but but you stay true to your craft. Yes, yes. And it was, it was, it was, it was like... a blessing. I had not practiced violin that much in a long time. Really? Yes. So you had, it was just, you just let it, let it go because of life. Life just... Yeah, life just happened. You know, the kids, the business. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really have that, I mean, I didn't have that kind of time. I had seven days a week, 24 hours. That, that's all I had to do because I couldn't, I couldn't see anybody. I couldn't go anywhere. So I was like, okay, 
I'm going to so, play the violin. Might as well rekindle <laughs> an old passion, get yes. familiar with an old friend. Yes. Performances that yes. that noteworthy performances from here from Pausa that have that have come to mind Spain in my mind from Hilario as we hear this why is this a standout yes Contumbao is the name of the quartet okay and they have been performing at Pausa I would say for over a little bit over a year they were scheduled first to come and uh, in 2020 and COVID hit, mm. so we had to cancel that show. And then we stayed in touch, and he came, uh, I think it was last year, with his quartet Contumbao, for which he has a CD. Contumbao. Contumbao. I think we have to, we have to explain. <laughs> with, with, the, with the swag, right? Contumbao is, yeah, it's like a swag. It, with it, style. So, Contumbao, this is, uh, that's the name of the group. That's the name of the group. And uh, Hilario, uh, I mean, he plays mostly all of his compositions for this uh, CD that he got out for the group. And um, Spain in my mind, I, I thought it was, uh, it had everything. Like I was talking about the connection with Spain, mm -hmm. it, it caught my eye, like, why did he name it like this? Because also Spanish music, like, from Spain, that is happening in Spain, has been greatly influenced now by Cuban music, Cuban really? musicians, yes. Like the bass players, uh, the, the kind of percussion they're doing now for one of the musicians, Alain Perez, I think is his name. He's a bass player. He has been uh, uh, pivotal for the way that flamenco music is now being played. Evolving. Yes. Wow. Very much. So we have a few tracks here that of, of noteworthy performances from Pausa. We had uh, Contumbao. Now there's the Caracas Trio. What can you tell me about this? Th these three? We have, oh, they're stri strictly percussion, or at least this is what... That's what they are gonna be performing uh, in this song. But um, they are all, this is the story. They are all part of the Sistema de Venezuela. Wow, and they ended up, are they here in Buffalo? They live in New York City. In New York City, okay. Yeah. That's another. That's another myriad of problems that we can't. We we gotta we gotta we gotta find a, we gotta find ourselves a Venezolano here to, to break that one down. But so this is Caracas Trio. Yes. Yeah. Caracas. <laughs> okay. 
piece was composed by a pianist, young pianist from Buffalo that just passed away two years ago, heart attack. He was living in, in New York City. He was traveling with this group, so he was the original pianist for this trio. Mm -hmm. And um, he had composed this piece, and he was very, very well known in Buffalo. Uh, he went to Williamsville uh, School, which he has a, a great music program. And uh, he was a very successful musician already, and he just one day just dropped. And his name? Angelo Di Loreto. Angelo That's Malambo by Angelo Di Loreto is the composer, and this is the Lem Trio, Philip Lem Trio. Musicians are very underappreciated and they are expected to perform for nothing. Mm. You know, and that's a big issue that I have mm -hmm. because I've never ever asked anyone here to play for free. Mm -hmm. You know, I always, always charge, even if it's the minimum. I think people should pay for Super. anything, for any services. You don't go to, to the supermarket and get a, a loaf of bread because you bought butter. <laughs> you know, you don't get bacon because you got eggs. You have to pay for it. Came to a capitalist country, <laughs> We need to make that. We need to make that cash somehow, some way. So I'm a big, a big believer that uh, I will do whatever it needs to be done to get people to appreciate. You know, the arts, visual arts, music, musicians. The talent, you cannot just pick up a trumpet and learn how to play a trumpet like you play, you know, a video game. It takes a lot of years, a lot of training, a lot of confidence to step in there and perform. And people need to, to respect that. It's a 10,000 hours uh, Malcolm Gladwell uh, <laughs> story. You, you just have to... You have to earn your challenge. You have to you yeah. have to take do the reps and learn and master your craft. You did that, I'm sure, more than ten thousand hours. I feel exactly. I mean, I've been playing my violin, which it was my grandfather's violin, right? You omitted that part of the story. That's that's amazing. Yeah, it's my grandfather's violin. So your mother, your grandfather, yeah, both violinists. Both violinists. So I've been playing that violin for almost almost forty years. And I still have it. Uh, that's my it. violin. I've never played any other violin. You feel a connection Absolute, to them when you absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, people people say that 
it, it looks and feels like the violin is an extension of my body because that, I mean, that's what I've been doing for ever since I started, you know, 40 plus years. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great feeling. It's, it's a blessing to have my music. Yeah. And I mentioned at one point, not only are you a motherly figure to, to the jazz scene and <laughs> the budding jazz musicians of Western New York, but you have two sons, uh, teenagers. Have they have they been to, to Cuba? Have you have, how how much of Cuba do they know? How much do they they feel? Do I'm a first generation Cuban American. My parents are directly from Cuba. It I worry about my daughters mm -hmm. still having that same connection because mm -hmm. every every generation kind of. You have to keep it alive, and and that's that's tough, and it's tough in a place like Western New York and Buffalo, where I mean, you're maybe the fourth Cuban I've run into out here, but and I light up every time I, I it, it happens because it, there's a connection point there. But how would you, how do you help keep that alive in your in your in your your sons, and and how do you keep that that identity alive? Right. This is this is gonna be a cute story. So. Um... My, young, my oldest, John Marcos, he's about to turn 21 now Ooh, in February, big, yes. Big year. But I took him to Cuba right before he turned one. So, of course, he has no recollection of him being there other than mm -hmm. pictures. But while I was in Cuba and I still had some of my grand aunts alive, I baptized him there. So he is so proud. And so, like, he feels so More special. More Cuban than me, I feel like. He feels so special that he was baptized in Cuba. He feels, like, invincible. Mm -hmm. He really feels like he can do anything because he was baptized <laughs> in Cuba. Laua with bendita Cuba. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm good. I was baptized in Cuba. You know, all my family, you know, they were all, they come from uh, Santeria, you know, that, that mm -hmm. religion that was so forbidden at times. And now it's like, if you don't believe in anything, you know, I have a song that I wrote about that, like Virgen de la Caridad. I don't know yes. you, did you I, heard it? So it's funny you say that. And now you mentioned that because I was baptized. There's a, there's a, a chapel dedicated to la virgen de la caridad mm -hmm. in miami mm -hmm. and i was baptized there mm -hmm. so it's it's a it's yeah it, i guess i'm right there with your son as far as, as cubanness <laughs> but ever since i haven't been back so the way that they totally relate i i think as they have grown old they appreciate almost the fact that i'm to to them to to american kids some different mm -hmm. right so they they say no my mom is cuban and you know they eat my rice and beans oh. and pork and we need uh, a good cuban restaurant out here I'm yes. just saying we have a lot of good yes. hispanic cuisine but we need that yes we need the frijoles yeah. the platanitos yeah. yeah they are used to me playing my cuban music and dancing and then of course my emotionality because i'm latina <laughs> And uh, I, uh, even if I'm talking about the weather and yelling, and like, why are you yelling? I said, no yelling. What's with your hands, Mom? What's with your hands? And keep up, why are you moving so around so much? So they are, they are very much in, in tune with that. They don't speak the language, but I think they will. Because I just took Diego, my, my youngest, he's going to be 17. I just took him to Madrid. Mm. And uh, he was the only one that didn't speak Spanish. So he felt left out. So he felt left out big time. And he's like, Mom, I do want to speak Spanish. I do want to learn. So cool. Let's work on it. And, uh, and I kept telling him, like, Madrid, 
this time, I don't know why, I think after COVID, everyone had this kind of realization that this is it, this is the time that we have to live. Mm -hmm. And so everyone is out, everyone is getting together with friends, everyone is celebrating, and it was such a great atmosphere I felt, and I said, Havana could have been this, mm. you know, because all that architecture in Havana came from Spain, you know, mm -hmm. all Havana, I mean, you, you walk Madrid and it's like Havana. El Moro is, is very much, I mean, but yeah, that's the Spanish influence is all, yeah. is, is all around the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. uh, Puerto Rico also has mm -hmm. it. And not all of, of, of the, the personality of the Caribbean and Cuba, but it's it's definitely a part of it. And yes. it's interesting you say that because, yeah, there's you look at the, the, the contributions of, of Cubans. It's, it's definitely cultural, music, arts, uh, but also science, medicine, uh, literacy. That's, that's been for all the, the, the knocks we can give the, the, the Castro regime. Uh, we know how to read. We, mm -hmm. we were very we were all about. I remember being drilled in. Nada de Oro, Jose Martin, the poet laureate of, of Cuba. And that those verses, those, those words are, are melodic to me. Um, it pains me to, to, to know the history that, that I've, I've experienced as an as a outsider um, and, and seeing and, and talking to folks that, that still remember that, that Cuba that they were part of. Mm -hmm. And to not, and for my parents to not be able to have gone back, mm -hmm. it, it, I, it's a part of me that I, 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 I lament for others that, mm -hmm. and, and myself that I just, because of the way things are, because of the, the because of the geopolitical uh, sphere that we're in, in politics, it's that's politics. just, that's just the way of the world. Yeah. We saw last year, or rather two years ago, and, and last year a bit of a movement to once again, hopefully, you, you thought that there was going to be some change in Cuba, um, the patria vida, yes. like, and, and protests, and then it got squashed. That's that's kind of how it is. It's it's a very much uh, Castro's been very controlling. And can you elaborate on that? Because I'm I'm only speaking as a, as somebody who's witnessed from afar. But right, right. Well, I did witness from afar too, but based on on my experience, um, it's a dictatorship. It's a it's a repressive system today's ironically we're doing this interview on the start of hispanic heritage month it, it's 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 a, a big date for a lot of countries that that it's a it's a pivotal date but uh but i think you you've said somewhere or another that it, it's going to take a uh a it's a drastic movement and i i recently spoke to somebody from nicaragua who uh i they they are almost they're eerily similar to the story of Cuba because mm -hmm. they also, the president who's in power now, uh, Daniel Ortega, mm -hmm. learned almost everything he could mm -hmm. from Castro, mm -hmm. and it's it's a lot of a lot of other similar dictators, despots, whatever you want to call them. Uh, Hugo Chavez up un, up until mm -hmm. the day he died, it was was the same eerie method of controlling the the messaging, mm -hmm. controlling the the words that are that are. Press mm -hmm. uh, controlling the, the thoughts and uh, and the minds of, of the people, and yep. it's done it's done very very stealthily, and and, and um, you hope that it something comes about. I don't know I don't know what I think uh, with, yeah. with the last few protests it was it was a big I, I really did have hope for it because it was it was during the time of COVID they weren't getting the medications mm -hmm. and the resources already. Mm -hmm low on, 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 on everything. And, and then that just crippled the, the, the island. Um, 
they have total control. They have absolute control of everything that needs to happen in order to change the regime, you know? And uh, unless a military mm -hmm. person mm -hmm. from, you know, within says, okay, this is it, nothing can happen. Yeah. yeah. Nothing can happen. It's been, what, 60, 40, <laughs> 60 years, 63 yeah. years, 63 years. So what what are the what are the sounds what are the things that take you back to your life in Cuba? What I mean I gotta assume it's music. Mm -hmm. Give me some of the what's on on Lázaro Martinez is is well, I hope you have records and CDs. But <laughs> are you Spotify? What do you right. what do you listen to? What are you playing nowadays? I always liked my Cuban roots, and uh, I listen to when I want to like lift up my spiritual side. Um, I listen to Yoruba and Davo. I listen to, what is this? Uh, I don't listen to Los Muñequitos de Matanza as much because Yoruba and Davo has that, but with like a more modern approach. But for Cuban jazz, there are so many great uh, jazz pianists that are now traveling the world, you know, Alfredo Rodriguez, Uh, we have uh, in, in Harold Lopez Nusa. I listen to him a lot, and I did see him at uh, Blue Note last year. There is another great. <laughs> it's not jazz. Uh, it's more like funk, Sima funk. Sima funk. Have you heard of Sima no. funk? Uh, I'm asking this question for it's my, like they, my own they selfish. They call it like the James of... Brown of Cuba. It's really? Like, it, it's, uh, it's, so it's a perform. It's a, it's, it's, a, a perform it's, a... it's a performer. And I did see him too. I Sima think. Funk. Sima Funk. I'll send you a couple. <laughs> uh, I listen to a lot of Brazilian music. I just, I just love it. You know, we, oh, we did use. You have, you have a, a track called Brazil. Brazil. Yes. Yeah. I, I did that uh, during COVID. I remember when the Brazil was in denial of COVID. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a Bolsonaro. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was yep. like totally like, nope, we're not going to do anything. So, I think there's a line in there, if I'm not mistaken, that's no puedo, no puedo creer, or... Yo no, uh, yo no quiero que me digan lo que no quiero escuchar. <laughs> I, I, yes. No quiero que me digan la verdad. La verdad. Don't tell me the truth. Yeah. I don't want you to tell me the truth. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, now I see where the, where the muse, where, where, yeah. where, 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 yeah. where it came from. <laughs> wrap up our, our very robust and very rich conversation I've had a, I had a, I've had a true delight here um, I want to talk about something local hyper local here uh, getting to, to pausa was a bit of a challenge for me because of, <laughs> of the construction the, the seemingly never-ending construction on Allen Street it's been now for for a few years I'd like yes. to say since yes. before I got here it's been a it's been a concern and I only bring it up because of the fact that um, it As a, as a business owner on this in this area, it's got to be, I assume, troubling for you and, and the others uh, that, that are affected by that. Yes. Um, it has been quite a struggle for everyone 
on the street. I mean, there are many businesses that between a combination of COVID and then uh, the construction, um, many businesses are going for sale, you know, and uh, there's really nothing we can do. They, there hasn't been any kind of uh, uh, compensation for the lost business. I have been somewhat lucky that we have a, a steady audience that now mm -hmm. knows their way around the neighborhood, so they know where to park and they know what streets to avoid. But other than that, any kind of food traffic that we could have gotten during these constructions is not it's happening. It's time is any new foot traffic, new Nothing. population from no. discovering. No, there, there is no any chance of getting discovered during all this time by anyone that might be walking on Allen Street by chance. And um, yes, it has been a very frustrating experience, to say the least. I know, I think town, town restaurant, right? Town restaurant just went out of business. A and big uproar when selling. that went down because it was a, it was a staple around yes. those parts. Yes, yes. Uh, it's, it's something I've, I've, I just wanted to bring up because I've, I know that we, we've if you've heard the news, you hear about some of it, but uh, you're one of the, those businesses that's that's directly affected by it. So I just wanted to touch on that. But yes, um, Lassara, Miss Lassara Martinez. Yes, we have. I've had a true delight having this conversation with you because, like I said, every time I find a fellow Cuban, uh, I know I'm I'm, I'm Cuban American, but I but it's it's I, it's in our blood. I feel like I, I I'm an Americanized Cuban, very <laughs> much so. But it's it's always exciting when I when I run into somebody else of of, of the same culture, same background, and uh, I thank you for your time, for uh, for showing for showing me around Pausa, for showing us some of the, the the noteworthy music that's come from Pausa, and for telling your story. More importantly, thank you so much for that. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. I gotta come back again with the misses and, and enjoy a real performance here at Pausa. <laughs> yes, you should. I actually gonna be joining Hilario and Contumbao on November 24th, the day after Thanksgiving. Okay. So that should be quite the experience. As we call it, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yes. <laughs> we drop the drop the G, we drop, we say Thanksgiving. Yes, and uh, there are other great performances coming up. We have the Atlas Tango project coming up at the end of the month. The, Everyone should check it out because it's one of the best tango orchestras in the country and that they're touring and they're going to stop by pausa. So not just jazz, have, once again, you got a yes, tango. We have a tango and then we have Latin fusion, which mm. has built also an audience here coming up. So everything is on the website and people can really check it out and, you know, come on out. <laughs> Sara Martinez, thank you so very much thank for joining you. us on What's Next. Thank you.